Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Ed Quinn. Hey, actor, <laughs> Rock, you got a great voice, dude. Actor, rock star, welcome to the show. Which one? What are you more proud of? Your rock career or actor career? I know, like the rock career is kind of really getting cooking, and your actor career has like been, you know, like a nice long trajectory. You know, I've been playing music since I was a goofy little kid in Berkeley. Um, I've always done it, so I don't even look at it as a career, like it's something that I love to do, and the fact that I get to do it now and make these videos that are so fun and creative yeah and, and that like i can distribute all my own music myself and it goes worldwide this week was my birthday and i thought this would be a great idea about two months ago it'd be a great idea to release a single on my birthday okay forgot that i set the whole thing up and woke up to congratulations your song just went worldwide without one like heads up or all the promo you know all the promotion you do yeah like, yeah hey man releasing a song and I was just like, oh, God. But I mean, it's, it's that easy that you can forget about it and it all happens, goes worldwide without you. So it's so um, this is like your first big release? Yes, this is not that. This is my first big release of music. Yeah, I mean, I did the whole. So backing up, I, you know, I, I went, to, uh, grew up in Berkeley, went to Cal, went to Europe for three years to model, came back to start acting. While I was studying acting, because I've been playing music my whole life, growing up in Berkeley, like my guitar teacher was Joe Satriani. So it's like, because he, he was a local guitar legend, you know, yeah, legend yeah, that he was, you know, just teaching a bunch of goofy little kids to make the ends meet. And, um, you know, so when I got here, all of a sudden I sort of almost fell into a band that just took off immediately. We're headlining all over the Sunset Strip. We got a record deal. It fell apart. I saved it and imploded again. And so it's, huh. music's just this really kind of like, really kind of long, hard thing to it's really hard to be successful in music, but you can always do it. And that, mm. to me, has always been why I love doing it and why I put so much sort of passion into it. Yeah. Guitar, then, like, also kind of, like, it's one of those instruments I play as well. It's not like, nice. a, like a rock band level. It's yeah. more of like a, oh, you, know you know what? Play? Hey, let me let me toot your horn a little bit. We used to, we used to live together during yeah. the pandemic, too. Yeah. He picked it up, and he was not great. Yeah. But you worked really, really hard, and yeah. now, like, it's... You you can play. You oh, can really yeah. play. Yeah, if like you were like if you were here, we had two guitars, and you went for like I could rhythm you, like yeah. I could for sure. Well, here's like one you of the might actually can... be in, in all honesty. I, I I would probably say I would even not having heard you play is a really good chance you're better than me. To answer your to answer hmm. your, your question from the for the previous <laughs> anyone want to start a band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the whole. This being my first release, it's the first time I've been able to do it myself. I made so many demos and played so many shows, mm. and it was just impossible to. It'd be like just, you know, it was sort of like my acting career doing pilots. Mm. I made some amazing TV shows, amazing series even, that never came out. They got canceled before they came out. Yeah. Or you do these big pilots and you'd be the hot pilot. It just wouldn't come out, and they're gone. They're never seen, and they're big. I mean, they could have been on the air for five, 10 years. And that's what music tended to be, too, is that now you can change it. My music, I have a lane about that big. It's this sort of like heavy metal rock vibe that I learned in the 80s that I've always clung to that just kind of fits me. Yeah. But I am terrible at a campfire. I am terrible at a karaoke. I am terrible. You know, some people can pick up. You could probably play 100 different artists. I can maybe play 10. I play all my own stuff. I don't know how to play anybody else's stuff. So there's a kind of a weird thing in which, and I don't read music. It's all sort of self-taught. Um, so there's there's an interesting thing in like I find myself when I say I'm a musician, I am, but it's very narrow. It's like I know a lot of people like that weirdly because I weirdly enough, can I play a bunch of stuff? Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like I'm in tune with like okay, I really know like G C E and D. I like, give me like yeah, um, yeah. ninety million songs. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you could you could show me what it is. Like oh, this song. Oh, that's all that is. Oh yeah, and, okay. Yeah, that, that's that, the like, pattern. Yeah, 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 you could yeah, go yeah. and kick it. But like I mean, creating like. How did it? What was the point where you were like playing, kind of with uh, your guitar teacher in like, like a Raza? It seemed like a kind of like a Raza Ghoul setting, like where you go in there and like you like League of Shadows, just learn with these other kids. And, yeah, like, that's what it was. No, it was, it was actually the Hoagland's house. You know, my friend John and Pat Hoagland, 
for whatever reason, their parents must have been deaf, but they had this like bedroom built out over this garage and it had drum sets and amps. And there was another guy up the street, Craig Bearhorst. There were just all these crazy Berkeley, you know, Berkeley hillbilly hippies yeah. that would allow their kids to just garage band. And it was the for real. And so, and that's what we did. We would go ride our dirt bikes and skate, you know, abandoned pools. And then we would go and we would play music. And we have to really play. You know, I remember once I kind of got into a punk rock phase and a couple of guys pulled up and they go, dude, if you're going to be a punk rocker, you're not, you can't listen to Iron Maiden anymore and you can't listen to Metallica. And I'm like, wait, what? They go, dude, those guys don't know how to play the guitars. They're not musicians. You know, obviously that's not true, but it was, it was a whole thing in which it was like, you got to be, and then you think about how good the guitarists were from that area, how good the, the musicians were, the drummers. The, yeah. I mean, think about Rush. And you got yeah. three guys who are all just, you know, absolutely top of the food chain in, in their in their various instruments and vocally. Um, and so, yeah, we were always pushed to be good and pushed to be better. But it was, and that also, I think, created a, you know, fostered this ability to have the courage to start writing your own music. Because that's, you know, playing some sort of sing-along campfire song is hard. And it's, you know, uh, it makes you nervous and... You know, it can be kind of intimidating. And now you're going to try and write your own stuff and get somebody to sing along and like it. Well, now you're really kind of getting up there. And nice. and then, like you mentioned before, like the promotional aspect of it too. Like no, for that's me that tough. for me, I look at like you're talking about pilots, and I think like I'd love to just for anyone who doesn't know, like for you to kind of like walk through that process because we were talking before we got on. Like I was a talent assistant, so I got to see some of that. Oh, yeah. There was, I think, one of one of the clients that. My former boss rep, her name was Emily Swallow. She was on Supernatural for a really, really long time. She had yeah. a great recurring on that, multiple seasons. But I think she, I think she booked like fourteen pilots, shot them, and none of them got picked up. That's yeah. insane. And no one, and not many people know who she is. And she's a tremendous actor, very talented. But there's so much that's out of your control in acting that you can kind of control, or at least try to control, yeah. as a creator in music, I, I would think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't make it less challenging, but... It, it doesn't, um, and, you know, and, and your music will find, it. you know, if you want to make, if you want to figure out what the, you know, current flavor is, what the current sound is, and sort of, and follow that, you'll probably get farther sooner. Um, but, if, doing... but if, like, that never, that's very rare for musicians, or at least talking to musicians, like, we had a producer friend and he was like i could make a pop hit mm -hmm. i could do it mm -hmm. i'm talented enough to do it but i don't want to well my record deal imploded because they what the deal became they wanted to sign an american artist and launch him in europe and i was like perfect because i'd already been to europe you, already, you slid already, the modeling thing yeah yeah don't think about it here it's very casual yeah three years stint as a model in <laughs> europe that must have sucked <laughs> yeah. but it, but 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 for me now back here playing music i'm like Dude, I went to Europe once, and I did 37 commercials in three years, and I did tons of campaigns, and I did these fashion shows all over the place. I'm like, I've, I've been to Europe, and it actually worked out pretty well. I'll do this. This is great. The next step was, here's a CD from Desmond Child. Here's a D CD from Diane Warren. And I'm like going, like, what are these? And they're like, oh, these are the songs we want you to play. Mm. I'm like, well, uh, well, what about the songs that I that everybody likes? That They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and it really, it was a combination of these are going to be kind of manufactured hits. And also, then the producers are sharing the royalties with the songwriters. Um, you're getting cut out of it. And it, you just become like a basically a hired artist. And, um, and I did a bunch of those songs. And they sound great. And they sound like nothing, nobody. I couldn't even play them again. I can't even remember one thing about these songs. I'll find them on my laptop every once in a while. And they're really well done. Um, and, uh, and so that's, that's the kind of the reality of, of the, the business and of being able to just, you can manufacture hits and I could have done it and yeah. maybe, you know, kind of like been like a Disney kid, you know, who just kind of shows up and does this, sure, little, sure. Goop, some goopy little TV show. And the next right. thing you know, you're an A-list movie star at the road, just goes, and TV's the same way. Clooney, it was kind of really cool. George Clooney talked about, he did 13 pilots in a row that didn't go before ER. Which is kind of a fun little quaint story, but <laughs> if, you, if, if you think about it, in my mind, what that was is that meant George Clooney for 13 years in a row, because pilot season was once a year. Right. It was, it was, you know, January to like March or April, mayhem. You're trying to get one. If you don't get one, and I have those pilot seasons, you're trying to figure out a way how you're going to survive. Because yep. that, I mean, back then it was like, what, thirty or $40,000? That's a year. 
And that's 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 your now. And by the way, you claim unemployment after that. So you're now set for another because you get because you get paid for shooting the pilot. pilot. Yeah, right. and then maybe it goes away, and then you're unemployed. Um, but at least you have food money for the year, and you can yeah. last till next pilot season. You hope to get some occur, you know, like recurring role. In Normally, TV like show. in the summer, like, yeah, around that maybe season. you get a little yeah. movie here or there. But you know, you're always hustling. You're always trying to you know do something. Some guys go do plays, but you're waiting for that next pilot season, and so. 13 pilots in a row is 13 years of his life. And, you know, being on the, and I was on pilots with that were favorite pilot of the president of the unit. You know, the, he chose this movie star actress to come in. It's a great script that came from turnaround from HBO, mm. you know, and then we shoot it and the president calls and says, this is better than I ever thought it could be. It was my favorite pilot this season. You guys absolutely crushed it. I have nowhere on my schedule for this. You hear that silence? That silence lasts for about a month as you just sit there going. That's what people don't talk. Okay, I'm glad you bring that up because that's what people don't talk about in the entertainment industry. It's something like, even like, like it's all podcasting. It's all like in the same vein, right? There could be days... And the, I, when you say 13 years, like a guy like George Clooney or stuff that you went through, it's like there could be days where you're like, get the pilot. And you're on cloud nine. So you're endorphins and you're on cloud nine. Mm-hmm. And then a month and a half later, it's taken away from you. And that roller coaster of emotion, nobody ever talks about that. There's days where we're like, this is awesome. A million people are watching and like, you know, like epic ass and stuff like that. And there's days where we go dry. Like, and it's up and down, and it's like you're always trying to find that creativity as like hosts, and there's like actors and musicians. It's like, and they kind of just find like a stasis almost. Yeah. Like, a well, but that's why this. There's right. also like an indirect, I feel like, correlation to everybody on that set. Those multiple sets, I imagine, could have been like incredible vibes, operating at their best creative capacity that they had ever done, like put up their best performances and it still might not matter. So there's like this indirect correlation I mentioned because it's, you go 75 on a highway when it's a 55 speed limit, like you can get a speeding ticket for a specific reason. And you can rationalize. I was doing something I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. But for this, like you could be doing everything right and it still doesn't go your way. And that's so it's crazy. It's hard. It's hard to, to keep yourself motivated. when This is why actors are insane. That's what you, right you you mentioned this. Like, no, this because, because what I'm saying, what is what's incredible about this though, yeah. is you know, yeah, your one of your shows isn't doing well, or it's not getting the kind of views it used sure, to. Sure. Or got, you guys can come in here. You have this creative space and this Beautiful. ability now because of the internet, because of you know phones and this you know cheap camera that is better than probably the cameras I shot these. Um, you know, uh, you know, they're probably these thirty thousand dollar cameras I shot yeah. these pilots on mm-hmm. that um you know this thing can smoke it all day long um it's it's so hard to sort of not go insane when you have nothing to do and everybody's like well you should make your own stuff you know i just saw someone today talking about today the actor uh, has to make his own stuff <laughs> yeah. you can do you can make a movie with your phone bro i've sold six scripts I've had the number. I, I I made what is called the greatest sizzle reel in the history of Hollywood. It's also the greatest show that never was. It is so hard. Always, everything is hard. This is hard. This is hard. Pilot seasons are impossible. Everything's a roll of dice. It's you got to be in this business mm-hmm. for the journey. Because I mean, one of you guys could be hosting Sports Center tomorrow. Sure. One of you guys could be the you know calling the play by play for the Chargers tomorrow, like my buddy Matt Money Smith is. Not that I want Matt to get fired, even though we'd have more time to serve. Um, <laughs> but the you know it you just never know where the journey's going to surf go. with our CEO. I mean, you guys didn't get to hang out long enough. He's a former pro surfer. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Oh my God. Houston style, man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There we go. And now, 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 now you see, you see it around LA. Yeah. He's been here before. Okay. Um, but no, it, it's, it's the amazing part about today is that you can do stuff like I can put out a, a rock and roll record music that I've been working on since the nineties sure. and it can go out everywhere. And a bunch of people can actually find it and like it. And it's yeah. great. Now, if I was trying to pay my bills doing this, me, me, 
me, me. I don't know if that would be the best idea, but sure. um, you know, I'm, that's why I'm so fortunate that also I've had an acting career that has been like this 30 year climb that's done real, I mean, real well. You're a series, you're a series regular on a Tyler Perry show. Like you're, yes, you have like a, you're the guy, you're the but president. This, but yeah, before, <laughs> yes, but before that, I, you know, I would do every season, I would do a, you know, a pilot, wouldn't get it. And then I would claw myself onto another show. You start, if I start working backwards from the Oval, one day at a time, two broke girls, mistresses, revenge. Joined as a recurring guest star, worked my way up to being offered a series regular deal, and the show gets canceled. And you start the whole process. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw your eyes. Every time it got you canceled. Three episodes, True Blood. You know, which, was, which was, by the way, another perfect, you want another Hollywood nightmare story? When I got that role, Front page of Deadline, front page of Variety. It was huge. Stan's a massive, massive character in the book. I booked the role. We're going to shoot it in about three months, starting production. I go to my one of my first fittings. I haven't even gotten their scripts yet. And they, they pull me aside and they go, hey, man, we got to talk to you. We had to kill a storyline this season. I was like, what? And they're like... The, the you know the show blew up so it came out of nowhere kind yeah, of what's, season what's one se- what season is it, it? season two okay so, and that used to be the big the every one. show kind of was set up you know shows would get released season one and then we'd see what happened every show was like this from Lost to all the shows back in the sure, day sure, sure. they wouldn't get they wouldn't get a big push in the beginning we said like, let's see if this finds a, an audience show blows up now season two is the hottest season which That's one when, which one's that I've watched the show I I'm yeah which season though season two what happened uh, when they go to Texas. They go to Texas. They go to Texas. Oh, the oh, oh. Of Texas. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And Godric is introduced. That's right. And but then back in Bonton, Bonton, is um, yeah. everybody has the black eyes and they're having all the orgies. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Mary. So, yeah, so I think right. they were yeah, supposed yeah. to do. That's why I wasn't allowed to watch that show. As yeah. a kid. <laughs> exactly. I was, like, I was like, I knew it. Could. I mean, that show like, goes there yeah, big time. It, yeah, it, does. it did. And there yeah. was this thing where they were trying. To, how many episodes are we going to do in Texas? And I would think it was like this. And there was this massive thing, you know, where there's going to be this big human vampire war and. You know, Eric and Stan are going to have this massive fight because they're asking myself about stunts early on, yeah, all this kind of stuff. Eric, who's played by Alexander Skarsgård, exactly. Yeah. And then they just had to leave the storyline, and so my role went from this to this. And if you kind of look at it in that vein, you're kind of like, oh yeah, this kind of truncated. There's a lot of like kind of grandiose language in the scenes I'm in. Yeah, doesn't really kind of go, go anywhere because, mm. and it's like. These are the kind of heart. Nobody understands this kind of stuff. Nobody knows. But you just take a pounding in this business this way. And by the way, interestingly, I'm sitting there. Eric and I are sitting there between scenes, kind of hang out. Lovely guy, too. I mean, I don't know if there's a nicer human being in, in, in show business than, uh, than Alexander Skarsgård. And I'm going, Mike, I look at him. I go, holy crap, Redmond Charades. I go, dude, you're going to be Thor. And he's like, I'm like what? I just do. I heard you're, you're the guy. They're, it's it's like done. And he's like, no man, they found some dude in Australia, some guy from like Dancing with the Stars or something. I'm like shut up. And he's like, yeah, no, it's over. I, I lost it. It's gone. So, so and his and his and his dad, his dad is in the movie too. Yeah, no, that's in the movie. But but he is so so. Alex, oh my god, so that's Alex, selling. Yeah, Alex yeah, yeah, is sitting yeah. there like Alex is on the hottest. Did show. he like? Did he like test? He had it basically. I, think, I don't. I, can't, I don't quite remember. But I, I mean, you look asking, at him. You look yeah, at no, him. But it, like, it was yeah. like down to like him and and, He's and way Hemsworth. more Thor than Tarzan. Yeah, 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 probably. I mean, you know, he, yeah, because really tough. T- yeah, yeah, it was tough. Um, but he, so I'm sitting there with a guy who's there. He's on the hottest show on television right he is like blowing up to be this massive worldwide sex symbol everybody just wants to be like you know hanging out with 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 eric from from true blood totally. and he's sitting there in the cone of silence like oh, oh, i just lost thor kenneth brano went the opposite way damn it <laughs> so it's like everybody everybody is yeah, always yeah. in this business sure Every- dad knew kenneth brano too like that's crazy. oh i'm sure they worked together forever yeah right why probably has known him since he was a kid Mm-hmm. Little kid. Oh, oh yeah. God, what a back in the theater circuit, you know. But yeah. anyway, yeah. that's the business, guys. It's like every, everybody's Christ. always fighting battles you don't know. And so so sometimes, <laughs> like, you know, that's why like when you have a, a win like Tyler Perry's the Oval, uh, I could not be more no one I don't think people have the just like I don't have the capacity to bench five hundred pounds. I don't think anybody I don't has that. the capacity <laughs> to be as grateful for a show like this. You that could, I, that you, I, dude. You're looking at your physique. Nope. We're around nope. athletes, bro. Nope. You could cook up to five. Nope. Couldn't do it. Couldn't bench. Couldn't. Probably couldn't even bench. Oh God, I want 
I, I didn't want to think what I can't bench now. But I'm just saying, like, I don't have the capacity to lift that much weight, but I, and a lot of people don't have the capacity to be as grateful for the oval as I am because uh, to get a show that goes this long and is this fun is really, really hard. What's his, I mean, obviously, he is such a machine. Mm-hmm. Like you, you talk about content machine. He is yep. the pinnacle of it. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, I mean, thousands and thousands of episodes of TV, you know, dozens of movies, and he owns it all. He he, start, he started early. They they tried to recruit him forever. Uh, he didn't want. He wanted to do stuff his way. No one would allow him to do it. Um, and he they finally made Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and before it came out, they sold the rights back to him because they didn't think it was going to be a hit, and it opened number one. And that and it's just been. Now is that it's all you need. It's all you need. It's all you need. Now that's his. That's his writer. It's like, oh yeah, everything I make, I own. And so it's, um, and you know, and no one does. The thing is, it'd be one thing if he was sort of started coasting, but he just, he's just worked harder every year of his career, and to be a part of the big new studio, the big new deal that he had with Viacom yeah. and BET. Um, you know, I watched him build the White House. So when he, he you know, he'd offer me the role. When I went out to Atlanta, there was this big pile of dirt. He goes, that's going to be the White House. And I'm thinking, like, you know, it's going to be one of those goofy Western sets, you know, with, like, a sure. facade, and then there's, like, the yeah. sticks behind it. Complete replica of the White House that he built, you know. And then he amortized. And like, now, touch all four walls. Like, everything. No, every, yeah. every bathroom works, every no, shower No, I've works. seen. It looks, like, yeah. legit. It's, 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 like, it's, 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 it's to scale. All floors. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And now everybody in the world, when they want to, you know, shoot a White, a White House movie, whose White House are they renting? God, I'm sure Homeland Security was like really pissed about that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Were they? Really were they ones. pissed? They just got a free decoy White House. <laughs> true, true, true. 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 I know there's probably yeah, like, yeah. 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 when I come there, I see, see like SWAT teams like working out. Like you know, what what happens if? Uh, <laughs> What what's the, like? Who's your who's your presidential? Like you're playing the president. Who's like your inspo? Like my inspiration. For, like being like, which president are you modeling your game after? I assume like you're not sitting there like tweeting against Dr. Fauci to like get into character. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Fauci's thing. I like like right, I'm ready thing, to go. Roll yeah, the cameras. Yeah. I look good with this like little facial hair, so I had to talk. Tyler and let me have a beard and he didn't quite get it and my favorite president was Ulysses S. Grant and so he was like all right all right that kind of works so I got to rock the beard as far as the character the character is such a hot mess I mean you open a tabloid and I've always sort of like fashioned him off of who's who's the hottest mess in town right now but also can keep it under control um that's the one thing is you don't want to just you you want to always have the appearance that you've got it together you just you know behind the scenes you're a lunatic that's what the whole show is is so from upstairs, downstairs of the White House, um, it's as soapy as you get. And um, so I knew that going in. And so it's, uh, I, I, I play a lot of scenes. You know, nothing makes me happier than watching. I only watch the show on show night. I watch Twitter. And when, uh, and there's, you know, people just say. You're like Kevin entire, Durant. You've got like your burner accounts that you're, that you're seeing people. Oh, no. I, well, I did. <laughs> I, I actually started an account that, what I call it? I called it something so stupid that I, where I tweeted in character, the hot POTUS, I think it was called. <laughs> it just I, I thought it would be really, really fun, and then it just kind of ran out of steam. And it was funny for about a bit of season. But no, no I just, uh, as myself, just yeah, yeah, watch, yeah. watch the thing go. Um, and it's so fun. And the best is when some scene happens and people just say, my entire family is laying on the floor laughing at what the president just did. That's what? amazing. And it's just like, yeah. yeah that, that's me. You know, because people invite you into their living room every week. They want to be entertained. Um, I'm not going to out you know, out melodrama, some of the characters on there. So I just go, I'm just going to be the most ridiculous, say the dumbest things and, uh, and try to make everybody laugh. What, um, what's, I mean, like lead on the show, it's black entertainment television, mm-hmm. right? Like what, yeah. what is that relationship like with, cause I imagine that a lot of people that work, I, it's probably a predominantly black crew, right? Creators. The, the beautiful thing about what Tyler does is he's, He's fostering all of these young, talented people in filmmaking, yeah. giving them opportunities to send them off into the world. So That's what I thought when you were talking about this em- this empire, basically, yeah. that he's yeah, built, he's like how many jobs he's, yeah. he's generated for so many yeah. people out there. Yeah. It's incredible. But you would think someone like that, someone who's maybe more Machiavellian, would be he would build this whole infrastructure for his studio and wouldn't want anybody. Like right. Empire's, the wrong, like, Empire's the wrong word, you know, for, for what yeah. he's actually doing. Yeah. yeah no, 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 but it's giving so much. What, what, yeah, yeah. Well, but his, you'd think there's two mindsets. I mean, it's not that it's a bad thing. It's like, well, I'm going to build all this talent. I'm going to make them stay here. 
like I'm not my talent's not leaving. You know, it's, it's earlier we we're talking about recruiting in football. You yeah, know? yeah, Got to yeah. build a fence around LA. Got to build yeah. a fence around the Bay. Don't let don't let recruits leave. Um, he's the opposite. His whole point is he gives people opportunities that are you know they don't have quite have the experience, makes them run harder, makes them work harder, l- allows them to learn, and there really there's actually nothing better. I'll come back and there'll be some. You know, second AD who I see every day, you know, and who I love, and I come back, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Where's up?" You know, pick a name. You know, I don't want to name them, cause I don't, but anyway, I, you know, be like, "Where's so and so?" And like, what do you mean here? She she got she got Arrow. She's on the model. So they basically mm-hmm. she does two or three years with Tyler, or he does two or three years with Tyler as a camera op, or this or that, and then the next thing you know gets called up to a big show, yeah. big film, moves on. And that is School what makes, knocks, if you bro. really That's listen cool to when Tyler, when he talks, if you listen to the stuff that he's saying, that is what he's trying to foster. He's trying to create an environment, an ecosystem that doesn't you know, then contain itself, but blooms and sends a lot of great young, hmm. young, young folks out into the business. And it's, uh, it's pretty noble. Yeah, cool. it's awesome. you bring up Sar- Skarsgård, and you just had like a Goodwill Hunting moment, like of you, like as Ben Affleck, like I just, you know, Phil the second AD, like my goal is like I just show up to work one day, and you're not there because yeah. you've gotten something bigger. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's exactly it, and that you know, and and to have that kind of, um, and he does it with actors too. I mean, like, look, when we first, <laughs> there was a whole thing, like you know, the first week, but you know, a couple weeks before production of season one, Tyler comes over because I actually live on the lot. Like, when I got there, I was like, wait, what are these, the historic district at Todd Perry Studios? And I'm like, well, I can live here. And he's like, if you want. House has turned out to be haunted. That's a whole other story. You can check TMZ for that. Um, <laughs> but so, and there's these big old, I mean, they're old, because, you know, he, he, got, he bought uh, a McPherson Air Force Base. That's where he built his studios. And there was this one historic district. And I mean, the, the officers' housing, um, I mean, we're, we're going back to like FDR lived there. Um, they're old, they're big, they're gorgeous, and they are a mile and a half from, you know, the dream building in this yeah. place. So, I mean, I literally have motorcycles and slingshots and vehicles that I've just left there, and I pull into my same house every year, and then I, you know, I move in, and I never leave a lot. People say, hey, man, how's Atlanta? I'm like, I have no idea. Never <laughs> seen it. Never left. Um, it's so, like summer camp. It, it's like summer camp. But it's also... I. When you've been working as long as I have, when you've been on location as much as I have, you know the traffic, the trying to find a meal, the, you know, is it going to be quiet? The distractions are not worth it. Like, this is the dream scenario. You're already working a long day on set. Like, you want to, yeah. But also, also, all of a sudden, I started inviting all the cast and kids over because a lot of them hadn't been on, you know, this was their first job. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were, you know, all tears in the headlight and i was just showing them how we're going to work how we're going to run lines how we're going to listen and it was just it was just such a positive fun experience mm. and but again that was to, you know tyler kind of set me up for that where he sort of said he goes like you know a lot of these kids are going to be you know a little green so this is why i'm hiring you he vetted me for about three weeks before he offered me the role because he wanted to understand how he worked which is real fast and also it's like just because i pull it off there's not going to be like you know some parade or anything. Right, that's right, my right. job is to come up and be able to do the entire season back to back um quickly you know without without it stopping and um he but then also you know helping all these young kids and like you know nothing is better than seeing some of these actors come in find their footing and the next thing you know you, you open a deadline or whatever and boom you book, book some big network show or some big cool movie and he's been doing that for a long time so i mean he um, probably is like so he doesn't know anything other than to work to get better. Yep. Because that's all he knows. Oh, know. So for him yeah. to like, you're like, oh, you've brought the part of like, oh, how is Tyler Perry like continuously, you know, working harder and harder? I mean, that's just how he's like wired. What's funny? To like, and he's never not been like that. So yeah. I can't imagine he could just turn that off. Well, well, it's also because he loves it. It was funny. I, um, I had worked with Kerry Washington once before. We did mm. a pilot. Mm. Amazing pilot. It didn't go. Second um, best yeah. one ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, she, was, she, was, she was, didn't go. So anyway, she, I, just did, she, I just did a big movie uh, this year uh, in Columbia. Joe Carnahan directed. Kerry, Omar Sy, Mark Strong. Called Shadow Force. It's going to be great. Nice. The 80s action. It'll be a great movie. Um, Love Carnahan's great. Man, Mark Strong's watch. great, too. Mark Strong's great. Yeah, I just saw him again last night. And I was on plane home from Atlanta last night. I was watching uh, 1917 again. And I forgot. And he has that great line about, uh, 
make sure there's some epic lot there's some like epic like got like these guys are in it for five minutes and yeah. absolutely murder it May mayhem but so um uh but so carrie and i were you know we're we were in columbia and we're shooting the movie and we're talking and carrie is one of the ones he gave one of her first big breaks which movie was it God, i can't even remember now like when i went season one of the oval was when tyler got his uh hollywood star mm. and two people spoke Idris Elba and Kerry Washington. Hmm. And, he um, broke her? And him. Yeah. Well, he didn't say he, he broke him. Uh, so Idris came off of The Wire, which is, I mean, you know, this incredible series, yeah. and was worried that he was always going to be pegged, you know, only going to get to be like thugs and drug dealers and stuff like that. And Tyler said, nope, you're going to be this father figure, you know, loving husband you know, in, in a film for me. And so it meant a lot to Idris. Um, but yeah, so it's, and like, you know, so Carrie and I, Carrie then just went, is just in Europe right now, shooting a World War II film with uh, Tyler, some big ambitious uh, movie. I'm trying to figure out what her like, was the her, one that broke her. her husband. Oh still, yeah. Nam the awesome, awesome one. I'm stalking him. I, I literally, when I, do what I, what I, Cal Bear and Namdi is a Cal Bear and a Raider. I'm also Raiders. And he's so, an actor. And he's an actor. And he's and he's a great guy. So what I did when I went down for the movie in Columbia, I arrived. I called Cal Athletics. I'm like, yo, I'm doing a movie with Kerry Watson. They're like, oh, congratulations, Ed. Uh, Miss Namdi Asama. And they're like, oh, that's right. And I'm like, <laughs> I need, I need, I need two Joe Roth throwback jerseys. Number one, Washington. Number two, Awesome Juan. They were like, you bet. Boom. And they made him a seven. So I was able to, to arrive in Columbia with gifts from uh, Cal Athletics. And so have you, you're, I imagine, sick. since the move to Vegas, held on to your fanhood to the team? Yes. Well, they left me all. How many times have they abandoned? They already abandoned me once. They left for Los Angeles. I'm glad I asked this. It's yeah, a contentious yeah, relationship with them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it, 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 yeah. This is, this is my, my sports. It's sort of like, my dad left in 1981 to move to Los Angeles, but my stepdad, the 49ers, yeah. they're, they're pretty good. Actually, they're great. And I got to do the Montana years and the yeah. Steve Young years, like kind of like, well, I'm, I, you know, you know, but my step, this is my, my team now, I guess. And then, you know, I came, I moved down to LA, and I'm back. I know it's like we're back at the Coliseum, and I'm there, and it's me, and it's Ice Cube, and where do the Raiders go? Right back to Oakland. So I'm down here, and Oakland Raiders up there. But there's a lot of Raider gear down here, a lot of Raider fans. Yeah, you know? yeah, of course. Totally. And then everybody's saying they're going to move. They're going to move right there. This guy's going to build this big stadium. And I can be able to see the stadium from my house, maybe just like this. And they went and moved right over to Vegas. So it's been like I was at the point where I'm like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Raider fan. And they stink. And they stink. This is well, but well, <laughs> that they, doesn't help. They suck. They've always sucked. Yeah, they've, they've sucked for a long time. They made, I mean, you know. The truth comes out. I mean, from Jamarcus to I mean, how many mistakes have they made in the draft? It's been it's been a hard it's been hard to be a Raiders fan. Right, However, I'll, I'll run it for. What you. do you guys think? What how what odds would you give them of making the playoffs if when Calgrad Aaron Rodgers comes out of this cone of darkness or whatever we're he's about? out a football? No, of the cone of darkness. Oh, he is. <laughs> okay, knows? so he's out of the cone of darkness. I mean, he might be out of football. He goes, self if he goes to the cone Raiders. Of darkness, yeah, how good are the Raiders? They're probably Devante. the third best team in the their their, their division. division. Yeah, <laughs> offensively, they, they're defensively. still behind KC and and, Char and Chargers. Chargers. Yeah. yeah, I would probably. Have, I mean, it's like and who knows? Now I'm Peyton, and maybe he figures out Russell Wilson, and they actually end up being dece. Nah, decent. I mean, like Rodgers wasn't that sick last year, and you could say, yeah, they took. I mean, Devontae's a huge piece, yeah. but like. Who else? Yeah, he had nobody to throw to. But like he, but like you, he, it's not like a six-win jump. Like it, to no. me, no five-win jump. Like no, they didn't have run. That's back. my favorite. My favorite, uh, just like exercises in any sport, being like, how much, how many wins is that player? It's like, how do you really yeah. know? Like Devonta Adams, is like not, he's probably worth like one win, two. He's a receiver. He's like worth one or two wins. Not worth five or six. And that was the. But jump. If they go hard in the draft on defense. And they also realize that they got Rodgers for one, well, maybe two years. Let me tell you, bro. They, they go hard in the draft every year for they, defense. They issue is, <laughs> they exactly. Is, it's, a, it's our draft. It's our, the Raiders don't suck. It's our, it's our yeah. draft analysis. Well, was it the, when did they draft Jacobs? What year was that? Two they years had three ago? picks and the only – he signed somewhere else. They have, they have yeah. completely lost all of those 
three first round draft picks. I mean, they they took two dudes the other year. One of them killed somebody in a car yeah, crash. Was, yeah. yeah, and the other yeah. one was brandishing a firearm on Instagram Live. Yeah. Like a disaster. Disaster. Yeah. Like their their player personnel assessment is as good. All as SEC like, players, by the way. I just want to keep. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. If, if yeah. the Raiders would divorce themselves from the SEC, we probably would. Yeah, a lot of them are SEC guys, honestly. Uh, Bama guys specifically. Uh, <laughs> just saying. It's true. Uh, I mean, Bama's had some issues. Like you can't. There's no like. There's no blocking it. Back to music, though. Like, who was like your biggest? I know your guitar teacher was huge for you. Like, what bands were your biggest inspirations? You know, it's interesting. It's probably going to be a Bay Area band that nobody's probably ever heard of, but it's a band called Y&T, and it's mainly because there's a guy named Dave Medichetti who was the lead of it. They're one of those bands that could have been they were right there with everybody else i, mean, I think van halen opened for them i think molly crew opened for them wow. they were their songs were great they just couldn't quite find their lane and there was that weird thing in the 80s when mtv came out and there's a great um i think it's called metal evolution there's a great uh, like eight part series on vh1 about the history of heavy metal and there were bands like def leppard mm. who, who who were like these acdc-esque rock bands who saw the climate and went do we want to be with Iron Maiden and Metallica and dudes in jean vests? Or do we want to be with all like the Motley Crue, MTV, Guns N' Roses, girls, makeup, tights, hair? Let's go that way. And so there was this thing. And I feel like this was one band that just kind of... Now look, the bands that I obviously loved were like ACDC and early Judas Priest and Iron Maiden and, you know, be, but then weirdly, as I got older... I really jumped back deeper into Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan was a huge influence on me. So afterwards, so it was sort of this thing where I was like, you know, in my teens, I was all metal. And then in my 20s, I was all classic rock. And then you just become this weird sort of hodgepodge of like yeah from a metal and and classic rock yeah so it also depends what you see too i feel what's like, that it depends what you see you might yeah. see somebody live and like i connect with them that way that's really 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 true too yeah, yeah. and i would see ynt play all the time at the keystone they play right there in front of me with all the and you know everything and with the, with the weirdest thing was like i remember going once and i was a it was a thing where the last bus in this number seven bus that would go to the Berkeley Hills take me home. My parents were like, you don't have to be on the last bus, and it was twelve twenty one was the, the, the time. So I was always leaving, you know, about two thirds of the way through the YT show. The band before them, they were like, and from L.A., welcome Slayer, <laughs> and we were all like, who are these guys? I don't know. And all of a sudden, it was like these two walls of spotlights that blew up behind the band, so you couldn't see them. They were just these silhouettes and just this fire hose of just metal anger i'm like i don't like this <laughs> these guys are never gonna make it these guys suck go back Man, to la that one too. yeah <laughs> just like, there too dude whoosh. <laughs> they're like you know all of a sudden it's the, it's them metallica megadeth like the, the big four anthrax you know so um yeah. you know you, you just never know but it's uh it depends on who you see and who but also who who you uh you know it just just speaks to you you know there's there's some amazing guitarists who i just i just never really liked and there's some guys <laughs> that people think are pedestrian who I'm like, oh, my God, they're so good. Mm. They just hit the right notes at the right time. And, um, you know, that's the best thing about music is it's so, so subjective. And, like, they kind of, like, are so specific in what, how they do things. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I kind of feel that, too. A couple quick hitters for you. Quick hitters. Boom. If you could play anybody in history, who would you play? Stevie Ray Vaughan. In a movie, Stevie, that's a could, could you imagine? Like, I, that, I'm, awesome. I'm probably I'm probably too old now, but I mean, that was always what I would have loved because his because obviously, if they're doing a movie, and now they're gonna do it'd be like uh, like what's his name doing um, uh, uh, American Sniper. I mean, like I mean, the, the, you, you know his name, no, no, but because <laughs> I know all the guys who immediately are like going like, oh, if, if they're doing Chris's story. This guy's not gonna look like an asshole. I don't know right, what happened right. to Bradley during like the, like the prep for that movie, but I guarantee you he was down in Coronado a lot with a whole bunch of guys making sure that he didn't look like a jackass. Yeah. When are you guys gonna do a remake of Face Off? Because I do. It's like ins- bro. It's it's. <laughs> I like the the poster for the uh, the Oval. You yeah. and it's not a bad thing. I mean, like yeah. it's like it, there could be worse people. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank God I got the Oval because right before then it was there was like weird things at airports where I would be getting swarmed because people thought that I was Bradley Cooper. And uh, my bio, I think, on Twitter is still, I'm not Bradley Cooper. Um, At least you lean into it. Yeah, yeah, I lean into it for a moment. Then I lost a huge job, a huge worldwide Taco Bell campaign, because the the lawyers for the advertising company, no one ever seen a job get lost for this reason, thought they could get sued because we were trying to impersonate Bradley Cooper. And I'm like, 
I'm older than the guy. I've been here longer. I've been in SAG longer. This is, oh, sorry. It was, it, well, that, that was but that's guy. just another point right there of like how fickle like the decision making can Jesus be of, yeah. oh, of yeah. who gets picked that's, and what role and everything. what gets picked to go on the air. Like <laughs> the sun could set and rise again. I could tell you all of the horror stories. Yeah. 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 It is. But the best part about doing the Stevie Ray Vaughan story for me is I know all of a sudden pickup trucks would pull up in the front of my house. I would be kidnapped, driven back to Austin, Texas, sat down in front of his brother, and they'd be like, you are going to sit here and you are going to play. And they would, they would take my Les Paul Custom, they would throw it in the river, and they'd be like, here's a Stratocaster, go. And they would just start. And no, again, again, it would just I would have whiplash, like, but like, oh, uh, hopefully, the, hopefully they would give me a year of pre-production in which I would just sit. You would need it. Not even I, I. I've seen like I've like I've, I've watched the music video. I've seen him play like a number of times. Like you brought up me picking it up. One of my other best buds picked it up like probably two years before. He's like trying to be a pro now, and he like religiously sits there and like he's like, yo, you got to see this, and he's like watching, yeah. watching no. Steve Ray Vaughan like all the time. But you got to be able, to, you have to learn it all, mm -hmm. and then you have to like do something in your reptilian brain and turn it all off and just and. Like what Stevie would do with Jimmy's songs to do it right. Now, granted, I'm sure a lot there'd be a lot of dubbing and a lot of people covering. But that, to me, that was the reason I would want to do that story. Would be um, would would not even be the movie itself. The movie'd be great. His story is incredible, and I saw him play. And I also went to the um, I guess they called it a memorial concert because you know the helicopter crashes with uh, Bill Graham, who was from San Francisco. So I was in Golden Gate Park mm -hmm. for their big. They had a huge party concert um, as like a memorial for them. Um, but I got to see Steve Ray Vaughan play uh, before that. That I remember back in the day, Metalhead, and all of a sudden I went to practice one day. I go, hey, man, you guys ever heard of this Stevie Ray Bond guy? And everyone's like, no. And I'm like, he's got this video where he's like playing in the rain, couldn't stand the weather. And they're like, no. And I'm like, Like, what is it? It's like blues. Ah, blues suck. I'm just saying, this guy, is, there's something going on. Yeah. Like, it, it hit a chord with me. It was like a, you know, an arrow to the back of my head. Yeah. So, anyway, that, and the whole reason I would want to do that movie, not the movie, not the just story. The prep. <laughs> the prep. Yeah. Would, mean, you, would, you, would you, like, in Final Cut, like, work into your contract where, like, at least one scene that gets shown, I have to actually be playing it? But I think I because they because even when you have to do the, a lot of it. No, I know. But even when the actor does get the training, a lot of times they still will like, you know, they might get a couple of moments like Austin Butler. Like he put on a hell of a performance in that movie playing Elvis. But like not every time are they using his vocal. I don't think, you know I I think like no, no, no. I, I think you're right. I feel like I'm in striking distance of being able to. And I know how movies are made, too. I don't have to be able to, you know hit little wing note for note yeah i need to be able to do 30 takes of little wing and they're like yeah. that's a good got that right you know like i so i i feel and i feel like you know and i wouldn't say this about if it was a sing if it was singing if it was you know basketball if it was sports i played like to play a rugby player play a football player i'd be like I don't know. I, I couldn't do the aaron Rodgers story i don't think because i don't think i could throw a football yeah you know it, it you know age, age not even being a factor just to replicate the way he looks, no. I think I'm close enough that, you know, you like can I piece said, it together. in a compound with, you know, all of his, you know, with, with, the, with the Austin Mafia sitting yeah. there watching me play over and over again, I think I could get close enough to do a good job. I would love to be in the Austin that's Mafia. That's, that's <laughs> my dream job. That's my big takeaway. I, I don't know if that's a thing. Right, well, if it is, like, you let, let them know. Well, when we were there, we, we missed the call. Yeah, well, we didn't yeah, get five, five years from now, it's going to be this huge, <laughs> huge, huge apparel brand. Austin Mafia. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. we'll, we'll give you 10%. All right? Not, yeah, a, not a penny more. Not a shekel more. Not a shekel more than that. If it becomes like a planet of Hollywood, and there's Austin Mafia everywhere. We know the guy. Can I get an IPA? I started this place. Yeah. It's very awesome. Yeah. Uh, a couple more favorite sports movie. Ooh, huh. I want to think about that for a second. There's so many obvious ones. Damn, I know this is this. God, this pisses me off. I'm I'm nervous right now because I'm gonna say something say obvious, and I'm not going. To remember the one that I want to say. Do you feel? Do you feel like, for the medium of 
film, like one particular sport works best. Mm. Baseball's pretty great. Okay, yeah. so we're in the yeah. so we know yeah, it's in the baseball. I mean, yeah, realm. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, I mean, Bill Durham was great. Okay, but, yeah. Know, uh, Field of Dreams was amazing. I mean, Rocky is like so untouchable in a weird way. I mean, I don't that's know. a great answer. Don't feel weird about that. Yeah, yeah. Probably I, just, the I best. feel like there's so. I don't know. <laughs> you can, you I can talk say, it out. No, you can talk it out. It's okay. breaking away. Like, I, was, I was trying to go back breaking like seventy. Away. I feel like there was some. There's some. You know, chariots of fire. There's some movie that I'm forgetting. That's a good one. That I actually would be like. That I want to kind of also give love to and be like, Hey, Maren, you should. Um, we'll give you ours. What was yours again? I always forget. I mean, it kind of changes. It does kind of change. I'm a huge. I mean, I love Remember the Titans. That's mine. And then I love Miracle. I love that movie. Oh god! See, like there's stuff like yeah. I also like I. I'm a sucker for when they act. Like those guys are hockey players first, actors second. Yeah. And you yeah. can tell, like when yeah. they get on the ice, they know for what sure. they're doing. Yeah. Like I really, it's not, it's not like my number one, but that movie Hustle that came out with Sandler, like yeah. where they have real NBA players doing the basketball. I was like. Yeah, that's awesome because so I'm, I'm a hoops fan. I'm a huge hoops fan. Yeah, yeah. You don't think twice about them playing. Yeah. Where like, yeah, and Miracle. I mean, God, I that was like, I, I only wanted to join the army for 30 minutes of my life, and it was after seeing that movie. Yeah. yeah. Never, Chariots of Fire is a good one that probably kind of, yeah, doesn't get yeah. enough, like, just love. You'd say older. Older. Yeah. 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 But, um. All right. Yeah. 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 That, that, I, I, you know, but I, the thing about that I always loved about Rocky was that he doesn't win. You know, that he loses the first fight. It's and, and that, that's that's the best it's flawless. Movie. It's fla- it's so good, and you know, and it, there's there's so much about it, and the, and the the relationship, you know, with his coach, and his coach calling him a bum, and then the scene where he comes back and wants to train him, you know, and his you know hat in hand. And I mean, there's so many you know, the knowing the relationship, like we're talking about Tyler Perry, like making it happen for himself. Like um, Rock, Stallone made it happen for himself. The OG he, made ha- he content. had to, yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. It adds, yeah, yeah, they, it they, adds they, they to want to take the movie away right. from them, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say probably it would definitely be Rocky. You could, if you want to, if we, if we want to talk surfing, though, a movie that was panned when it first came out and now become a cult classic is Big Wednesday, and John Milius captured. There's something about surfing that is you need to compartmentalize, or it will almost destroy your life. I do not mm. know that movie. I will check. I, will I don't. I know, I know uh, Lords of Dogtown, though, which I, I love that Neither movie. one of you have seen Big Wednesday. No. Put on the list. Hand to God. I'll hit, we'll hit you up. We'll, we'll, we'll exchange you, off air, and we'll watching. hit you up after we see it. Dude, absolutely. Yeah, so this is movie. This is basically, it is a, it's, it's the sport of big wave riding, um, but it's also the culture of surfing and how, and how it can ruin your life and how a lot of it is... Uh, it's it's really sort of a, an interest. It's a very interesting perspective. It kind of did, was sort of pan when it first came out. Um, and three friends who make three gravely different life choices. Oh, I love those know, kinds of movies. In the love and, yeah. those kinds. And of only movies. Milius could write a movie like this. And yeah. so, you know, he brings all his Apocalypse Now and Jaws and uh, you know Conan and all his his incredible right. You know, uh, Red Dawn. You know, all his movies, all yeah, his little Red tricks. Dawn. He had one movie that. Right when he was at his peak, he wanted to make one movie, and he wanted to capture what he saw growing up on the beaches of Southern California, and um, and that is the movie. Yeah. Love that. All right, we ask everybody this. Last Quinn, one. <clears throat> can we from you playing, watching, anything? What is your favorite sports movie ever? Memory. So, sports memory ever, sorry. Oh, sports memory ever. I already asked the movie of, one. Of, of my personal yeah. playing. Oh, oh, right. Or watching. Oh, or watching. Oh, watching. Okay. I'm not going to be an egomaniac and talk about high school football. Could be anything, like, dude. Yeah, be no, an egomaniac. No, no. Like, yeah, no, just tell that I, one, too. Tell I, that one, too. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Be, you know, waves I caught in the kneeboard contest. No, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with... There was a kid named Russell White, nephew of Charles White, who got here at Crespi High School, and um, he was not a very good student, and USC wouldn't take him. Mm. Phenomenal running back wouldn't take him. Um, they, they create something called Prop 49, Prop 48, 49, where if a student, and this is the reason, to, he, his grades to get into college, he couldn't play football for a year. He had to sit out a year um, and get his grades up. And he had to you know, do, do well. And so he came to Cal. And he came to Cal, and he had to sit out a year. And everybody thought, this kid, there's zero chance that he's going to get through the, uh, a year of any university. And the fact that he was going to Cal was sort of like laughable. 
So he's there, and everybody knows he's there, but everybody thinks he's not. And it turned out he, he did really well. He was diagnosed with like severe, severe um, um, learning disabilities and um, ADHD and, and all kinds of stuff. And so they started this incredible program, and he was incredibly dyslexic too, and they worked with him really hard. And so he was able to get his academics up. And we are opening the season. This is 1987. Mm-hmm. We are opening the season with the Miami Hurricanes. Michael Urban's coming to town. Wow. The show, the U, they're at their height. And they come into Cal, and they are dancing all over the place. And we kick off to them, and they just dance all down the field. And I, I think it might have been Michael Urban caught the first touchdown. They're doing the whole thing, and the two live crews going bananas. And we're like, oh, boy, this is awful. So they turn around, and here come the field comes Russell White. And we're like, oh, boy, here we go. And they kick it off to him, and the ball almost goes out of the end zone. And Russell White runs around like this, just catches the ball before it goes out of the back of the end zone and goes, and just houses it all the way. And I just remember just everybody absolutely losing their minds. And Russell White went on. He's still the leading whole. You think about the running backs that have come since him. Marshawn Lynch, Shane Vereen, Justin Forsett. Job at best. Job at best. Yeah. Minnesota. Still, nobody, nobody, and and not only does he, I think he has had like like twenty two hundred yards was his you know his his record still holds a record at Cal, and he was sharing the backfield with a thousand yard rusher. Wow! So sharing the backfield with a thousand yard rusher <laughs> still had a is holds a record, and then went on to become the athletic director of oh. the Oakland um, athletic uh, the Oakland school district. So oh, that's uh, wow. incredible story. One hundred nine yard, one hundred nine the first kickoff, time against the U. Touchdown. Go Bears, and then this incredible success story. So, how's that? That was a good one. That was beautiful. But there was also yeah. this one time where I lined up against Fish Down, <laughs> and this guy was. <laughs> that's, I, that's no, that's a great one. That's a, it's a really, it's a really. I thought I was going to bang on the field type thing, but like no. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I was listening. I listened. I, ironically, my dad and I, who's a professor at Cal, I had had some other game that day, and we listened to the game live on the radio. And we were in our living room, and. I don't, don't even remember how it happened, but we're sitting in a living room and like the stereo was over there. And during that play, both of us had gotten up and like walked and were like almost climbing into the speakers listening to it. So I listened to the play live, which is the greatest radio call in the history of sports. So love um, that. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Ed Quinn, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you so much. The Oval Swamp Metal All Stars is the band. You can find everything, all the music is at edquinn.com or anywhere you stream music or anywhere you watch music, the YouTubes, the Spotify's, the iTunes, and all kind of stuff. And yes, Oval Thursday or Tuesdays at nine o'clock. And um, Shadow Force and Man in the Long Black Coat, two really, really good movies I'm really proud of coming out this year. Love it. Thank you for joining us, brother. Yeah, yeah, Boom. Yeah. Thank Boom. you, brother. That was awesome. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.